If you're not first, you're last. It's not true. It's not true? It's not true. Okay, he doesn't believe that. Never mind. It's not true. <laughs> Anyhow, what I wanted to point out, for those of you that have played games with Joel before and spent some time with him, is that you must be prepared for the... You must be prepared for the fight that you're about to enter into because he has prepared. He is ready. You may go now. He is always ready. Don't twist it to good. I am. You're welcome. You're welcome. He's always ready. Y'all give it up for Joel. Got to go, and he, he's got to see to some things. And y'all don't know how much he actually does, and I'm not going to keep going. Keep going. I don't normally do this, but he... He does, he does an awful lot for the church uh, that a lot of us don't recognize nor see, and he does it quietly. Although he's a pretty loud, boisterous, you know, charismatic guy, the things that he does for the church, he does quietly. So every once in a while, I'll just give him a high five, a hug or something, and thank him for all that he does to make sure that your experience is, is a positive one and one led by the Spirit of God. Amen? He has a heart for this place. But he does like to win. And what he does, like I said, is that he reads this rule book. And it doesn't matter what game I've played with him, he always finds some little footnote in there that he exploits towards the end, and it gives him an advantage in the process that I'm unaware of. Is this making sense? And the reason why I'm unaware of the, of the advantage that he has in the process is because I haven't taken my time to do what? Read the rule book and understand what it has to say. Because when we read the rule book and we understand what it has to say, then we're able to either exploit an advantage that we have or we're able to stop an advantage that our enemy may have. And I'm talking about in a game, you know. Our opponent may have. And so in the game of life that we do, there is a rule book that exists. And unless we take the time to read the rule book and every little footnote in it, every little jot and tittle is the way the Bible says. I like to say that. Unless we take the time to read the rule book, there may be an advantage that our enemy has over us because we don't know all the little footnotes and all of the advantages that we have. We don't know the rules. And we're unable to exploit those details in the game of life. Now, I can tell you this, that your enemy, the devil, has read this. And a lot of you are like, what? I'm like, no, he read it. He quoted it whenever he met up with Jesus. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and the devil actually quoted this thing. It came out of his mouth. He probably knows it better than, than, than you do. He's read it time and time again, trying to find those little footnotes in there and those little things that he can exploit in your life. And all he's looking to do is steal, kill, and destroy. And he uses every tactic that he possibly can to kill, steal, and destroy you, me, us. This is his purpose. And he is coming after us using footnotes that he finds and twists them 
to make it be the way he wants it to be. Are y'all are y'all following me here? Is this making sense? What's that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. If that's all you're getting, Justin, then then God bless you, son. I just, um, I don't know. I'm going to stay here for a minute. Uh, this was just going to be my opener, but I'm going to stay here for a minute. Let's go to uh, John 16, verse 5. Let's do that. Everybody good? This is Jesus talking. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your what? Advantage. That I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler, ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus said, look, I'm finna roll out. Those of you that don't know the story, he's talking to the disciples and he'd been telling the disciples he was gonna leave and they're like all freaked out about the thing. He said, I'm finna roll out, but this is a really, really, really good thing because it's an advantage to you because once I go, the spirit of truth will come and live and dwell in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says that he reveals the deep and bottomless things of God to you. He knows all of the little footnotes in the rule book that can be exploited, and he knows when to use them. He knows what we need to do to get out of the mess that we find ourselves in on Monday morning. He knows how to make whatever it is we have to have happen in our lives, he knows how to make it come to pass. I think I said it Wednesday night, we're doing a Romans chapter 8, and we've been in Romans chapter 8 for about six months now. Six years? Yeah, it's been years. I mean, the, the front row is just there, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, we're going to get done. I'm like, man. I think I said it Wednesday night uh, to the group that was there, get out of the way and let God do his job. Get out of the way and let him do his job. Is this making sense? I feel like the Spirit of God is wanting to do so much. I feel like God is just ready to just... But he doesn't have anybody to blah, 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 through. <laughs> it's 
It's our, it, it was to our advantage. It was to the disciples' advantage. It's to our advantage that Jesus is not here in person. And all of us are like, I just want to see Jesus. Well, I don't because if, that, if he shows up like that, that means everything that he threw on the inside of me through the Holy Spirit is now wrapped up in him in fleshly form in front of me. And now I'm not able to accomplish as much as I was able to. Now I got to touch him. I got to go somewhere. I got to find him. If I want to get my prayers answered, I got to go and touch the hem of his garment so I can be healed. That making sense? I would prefer him. I mean, I love him. He's coming on a second coming. Great. If it's second coming, good deal. But if he's just popping up in Menden, Louisiana, just because we want him to pop up in Menden, Louisiana, you're wasting your time. We have the Spirit of God. Jesus himself said that if I leave, it's going to be better for you because my Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will come and live on the inside of you. Ark of the Covenant, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love talking about it. Y'all remember the movie? Yeah. Remember the box? Yeah. yeah. Had two angels on the top with the, angels, with, the, with the wings pointing towards each other. Y'all remember that? It's called the mercy seat. That's where the Spirit of God resided. That's where the Holy Ghost was for a really, 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 really long time. And they took that box and they threw that box in the temple that was built by, who built that temple? Was it Solomon? I don't know. Sounds good. It was rebuilt again by uh, Zerubbabel. Yeah, it was like that had to be built up several times. I don't know. Read your Bible. It tells you. It's in the rule book. Anyhow. That's where the Holy Spirit lived. And every year, the priest would go in for the sins of all of Israel to lay those sins out at the mercy seat and ask for forgiveness and, and blah-dee-da and la-dee-da, and, and then, then this time next year, we're going to do it again. And he did that every single year. Now, the day that Jesus died on the cross, that day, the Bible tells us that, that, that inside that that that. that that temple was a room called the Holy of Holies, okay? It was like, don't nobody go in there but the priest. He does it only one time a year because it's hot. and can't stay in there long. Y'all didn't think that was funny. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, thank y'all. Anyhow, he would go in there once a year and he would present the, 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 uh, the, the sacrifices for all of mankind's sin or all of the, the Israelite sin. He would, he would do that. And he would do it once a year, but there was this, this curtain that was called the veil that hung from top to bottom of the room, and it was like four inches thick, and it was just like this big pretty thing. And that veil is what kind of kept human beings from going in because the Spirit of God sat on the mercy seat. And the day that died, the veil was ripped from top to bottom, okay? Some angels got together and said, we ain't putting up with this mess no more, and they ripped that thing. At that point, when that thing was ripped, when the veil was torn, not only does it all open up the, the concept, the idea that anybody can go in now, what really happened is that the Spirit of God left out of there. The Holy Ghost left from there to come and live in a temple made by God's hands instead of a temple made by men's hands. And now, that Spirit the Holy Spirit or ghost lives in the temples that God made better known as Christians today. 
Because Jesus was the first one to operate under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I say the first one. He was the first one that operated in it continually. Some of the Old Testament saints would, you, you know, the, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. He would come upon them and come upon them, and they were able to do stuff. Samson, you remember that? He broke down the, the deal. Yeah, yeah. Sam, Samson, y'all remember Samson? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hair and all that. Yeah, cut his hair. He went to barbershop. Anyway, the Spirit of God rested on him, and he was able to do something that he should not have been able to do. But now, in our, in our common era with where we are right now as Christians, now that same spirit lives and resides on the inside of us and gives us the ability to do things that we're not supposed to be able to do. And so that's why Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave. And that's the reason why Greg says, look, I don't really want him to come back because that means it's kind of over. I really, I really would just, wait a minute, Jesus. We're not finished. We're not done. Are y'all following me here? Because you looked at me funnier when, earlier, you looked at me funny when I said I didn't want to see him. The reason why, it, we're not done. How many folks, think about it, how many folks do you know right now today that whenever, if they killed over dead tomorrow, they go straight to hell? We're not done. How many folks do you know today that have some sort of ailment in their body right now? How many folks y'all know about that? We're not done. No, Jesus, don't come yet. Let's not do this deal yet. It's not over. As long as we are drawing breath, as long as we inhabit this world, it's, we got a job to do, and it's not sitting in here. We have an advantage in the world that we are not exploiting, and we're losing. I'm going to get back in my notes because I don't want nobody making fun of me. Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. That means helper. It's parakletos is the name, which means para, which means very close, and kaleo, which is someone on your beck and call. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost resides in you as a parakletos, someone that's been called alongside to help you get a thing done. And all you have to do is call out for help. How many, how many of y'all ever lost your key fob? We used to say keys, but we don't say that no more. Now we say key fob. All the, all the time. Do you know who knows where fob is? The Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I mean, it took me a minute to figure out, okay, if I ask the Holy Ghost where my key fob is, he will tell me. And he does. 
And it's not like he shows up or that he sends you a text or like there's some sort of instant message thing that you get. It's not like you hear a voice. Gabriel doesn't have to come down and speak to you this matter because it's not that big a deal in the heavenly realm. However, between you and the Holy Ghost, it's a very big deal because you can't find your key fob. So he sees to it that you know where your key fob is. And the way that he does is, is if we will just calm down and quit franticking all over the place and worrying because we got to be somewhere in the next five minutes and we're going to be late and why can't I find it and getting mad and upset and allowing our emotions to control us if we would just stop doing that. It's still and quiet. All of a sudden you'll think, that thing in the refrigerator. And you go and you open the door and there it is. It's right next to the mill. Yeah, promise. Anybody else? He's the paracletos. He's called alongside to help you get your job done, whatever it is. And he is at your call. Doesn't mean he serves you. It means that he is not, he's a perfect gentleman. If you say, God, I need you to help me, he will move heaven. If you don't ask for help, he will sit there waiting to move heaven until you say something. But we're too busy trying to make it all happen ourselves, getting it all figured out, you know, and even, especially those of us of faith, especially those of us of faith. Because we believe that if you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. We believe that. So we lay hands on them. No, oh, it didn't. Well, well, let me, let me lay. No, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. The Bible simply said for you to lay hands on them, and now it's up to God to make it recover. It ain't on you no more. But we keep trying to make it happen. We, it's magic. We're trying to do magic. And that's not what it is. That's the reason why Paul flows in it so well. He understands it's not him. He'll tell you real quick, that ain't me. I don't know. Just do that. They get better. Look at that. Woo! <laughs> we have to get out of the way and let our helper actually help us. It's an advantage. It's an advantage. All right, where are we going to go next? Golly, we ain't got no time. Sir? Yeah. Let's go to uh, Charles. Take them to uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And I'm going to take y'all to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Amen. Romans 8. Come on. Where's my Wednesday night crowd? Romans 8. Woo, let's start at the beginning, huh? Let's the, there is therefore now no condemnation. Huh? I'm playing. If y'all want to have fun, you come on Wednesday nights. We had cookies last week. Yeah. <coughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. Anybody ever been weak? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, which means not be expressed in words. 
Anybody ever been in a spot where you don't know what to pray for? But the Spirit Himself will make intercession because He's been sent to help you get the thing done. If we get out of the way, lay hands on the sick and get out of the way, go back to Acts. I thought we had it. This is Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with Him, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, which He said, you have heard of Me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, What? He said, It's not for you to know the times or season for the Father has put us in authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is where I was going to land this morning, and I'm glad I landed with about three minutes left. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. We don't really know how to pray for people as we should. We don't really know how to get out of the mess that we're in. We really don't know what we're doing if you think about it. If you really think about it, we don't know what we are doing. I love what Bob Yandian says. He says, every Christian is nothing more than a wire that attaches a person to the power source. That's it. A wire has no idea what it's doing. It just does it. We're try we, 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 we try too hard. Y'all getting me? Look at this. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Nowhere in here does it say that you will be the most powerful person walking on the face of the earth and, and everybody's going to come and watch you preach and watch you sing and, and they're going to say, look, if, 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 you know, you, you know, look how great Travis is. He's just, just so awesome. Or look how great Alex is because he's just so awesome. It does it say that it says that you will receive that power so that you could be a witness to him the reason that we are just wires and we just walk up and we don't know what I, I really don't know what i'm doing i promise i don't know what i'm doing the reason why is because it's not about me at the end of the day it's all about him receiving the glory it's all about being a witness. People ought to want to come to this building. Why? Because we got folk in there that when they do pray for you, you seem to get better over time. And it's just any of them can do it. It's not just one person. It's not just one position. It's not, it's not anything, any such thing like that. All those people in there that pray for you seem to get better. You, they, 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 you, you get them involved in the transaction, and man, next thing you know, everything just seems to be fine. Why? Because everything that we're doing is to give Him glory, to be a witness to Him. Yes, we want people to be healed. We want them to be healed, but that is a secondary effect of Him receiving His glory. It's a secondary effect to us being witnesses to his goodness and his mercy. Because I'll just tell you this, it, this, is, this is the truth, and I don't mean to offend anybody, and if I do, y'all can run me off and it'll be fine. Lazarus is dead today. Newsflash, he's dead. Jesus raised him from the dead, and guess what happened? He died. However, 
the witness of what God can do still lives in the testimony of Lazarus. The witness still remains. We pray for people that need healing. We pray for people all the time that they're going through stuff. Everything that we're dealing with is temporary. The only thing that is eternal is that witness and that testimony. That witness, that testimony, that simple little story is why we do it. Nothing would please, nothing can please you more than you to pray for somebody. They get better, yeah, but they're going to get sick again. They'll eventually, their bodies will wear out and they'll eventually die. That's what's going to happen to all of us if the Lord tarries. Okay, sorry, newsflash. But the testimony of the witnessing of the power of God will last through the ages. A.A. Allen is dead today. Smith Wigglesworth is dead today. They were, they were both men that raised people from the dead. But that witness and that testimony of what they did that brought God glory still remains today. Catherine Kuhlman's gone. She's in the grave. She's dancing with Jesus right now. Kenneth Hagin is gone. But the testimony of the witness of Jesus and the power of God still remains. Get out of the way. Ask for help and then let him do it. It's simple. We're just wires. How many wires do you see in the room right now and you can't look up here on the floor because they're not really running anything? How many wires do you see that are running the lights? Can you see any of the wires that are running the lights? You see a few up here? You got to like really look for them, don't you? Try doing it like that. It ain't about you, but it's 1,000% up to you. You have an advantage. You need to read the rule book. <laughs> Exploit the advantages that you have and allow the Holy Ghost to lead you into pure victory in your life. Next thing you know, you're just doing everything you're doing. is just great and wonderful. And There's a witness. And now people can know who he is. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going home. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy.